comic book pit. Okay. We could. Alright, so welcome back to the Comic Book Pit. This is episode 269. I'm Dan. And I'm Scott. And with us is our special guest, Marcel Walker. <laughs> Hello. Longtime friend of the show and friend of ours. Yeah. Yeah, sitting in the, the awesome Sorgatron Media Studios with us today. Oh, yeah. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah. Absolutely. Thanks for being here. All right. That's pretty awesome. Holy cow. Yeah. We have celebrity. We have a celebrity, basically. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Man. As far as I'm concerned. <laughs> well, you're, you're about to be sorely disappointed. Right? <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So, Marcel's sitting in with us tonight to uh, talk about some comics and some other stuff. So, uh, I guess we'll, we'll get stuff kicked off with comics. Yeah. So, Scott, you want to wow. lead us off? Wow. We're... Yeah, we're going to jump into we're just going right out of the gate. Well, yeah, we we had some some light some light chit chat before the show about Riverdale, um, the TV show, and that seems like Archie is like the the hot property nowadays. With, um, you know, just like trying to reinvent those characters over and over, and like, what can we come up with next? Right. You know, where Riverdale's like this super drama now. Like everything is. It's crazy. It's like. Is there any? Is there ever a light moment in that show? I don't think there is. That's but that's why I can't watch it because there's no balance. Yeah. Between like the intense <laughs> amount of drama. <laughs> yeah. They have. That's all it is. There's awful. No... Like I don't even know how they hold it together on that show. They're amazing people. But uh, <laughs> anyway, anyway, because of all this, because Archie has done all this stuff, you know, to reinvent their brand over the last few years, they they've started. Um, they've gone through a series of like horror comics with the characters, and the latest one is Vampironica, <laughs> with a nice Frank Frankavilla cover. And oh, yeah, uh, he does he does a lot of the Archie covers. Yeah, I mean he. What was the first? The first one was Afterlife, right? right. Afterlife with Archie was the first one where they um, basically did a zombie story. Right, it was a zombie apocalypse in yeah. Riverdale. Um, now, if they if they put that on TV, I'd watch. <laughs> yeah. Oh wow. I mean, have have you ever read it? Read the uh, yeah. Afterlife? Yeah, I've read. I've read. Yep. So, like, the concept is just basically Jughead's dog died. Yeah. And he really wanted him back, and so they reanimated him, and then he started the the zombie outbreak. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, in this one, uh, Vampironica, um, it's by uh, I would. Say this is a married couple, probably that is writing. Uh, Greg and Meg Smallwood, um, and the art is by Greg Smallwood. Um, and this one kind of is like, what if you know, what if uh, it uh, Veronica 
was turned to a vampire. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> like I was saying before the show as well, but <laughs> I pulled this out of my bag and I was like, like I bought it. I was sitting in my car. I'm like, oh, I'll, I'll just flip through it. I ended up reading it in like two minutes. <laughs> like it, it is a super easy read. Yeah. Um, and basically a nice introduction to um, vamp, Vampironica, um, where she's sort of like Buffy and Blade in this, um, okay. because she's she. It start the the book starts out with her. Um, breaking up a vampire attack at at um, Cheryl's party, and um, and then after you know, then they kind of flash back and they show how um, her parents were attacked in their home, and then she gets attacked and bitten, but she fights back and breaks free before she's killed. And I guess at that point was enough for her to then get the powers of the vampire, but then not be fully <laughs> full-fledged vampire. So, um, and, and it really is like that simple of a story where um, she was just going to go out on a date with, she wanted to go with Archie and Reggie ended up being the only available guy. So she, she was going to go with Reggie and this attack happened. And it sounds like a typical Archie plot, except, you know, except she that, became a vampire. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Except that she gets bitten and then, um, you know, and it ends so abruptly. The uh, vampire that turns her finds her again after she thought that she already had gotten rid of him, and then, and then like he's oh he finds uh, Reggie, and he's like ah hey we got to talk, <laughs> and then that's it. And I was like wow that was really quick. Like I I almost thought there was going to be more pages to this. Yeah. Um, and that was it. I was like well I think like for a first issue it was kind of fun. But also, like, I almost felt like I shouldn't have paid so much. What was it? Three ninety nine. You know, I just felt like I was like, wow, it should have took longer to read this. No, hold up the cover one more time. Okay, so in the top corner it says Archie Horror. Okay, so first blood. Okay, now I have. You can put it down now. Okay, I'm I'm not interested anymore. (laughs) So. So let me show you what I have, <laughs> which is kind of uh, along the same lines. I have here we go, Jughead, the Hunger, nice, book, which uh, it's also a Francovia cover, and and I like the 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 play on words for the Hunger because the character of Jughead is always hungry. Oh yeah, he's always eating. Yeah, right. You know, he's he's the hamburger guy. Yeah, um, but in the top corner of this, it says. It's like it's almost like an imprint. It says Archie's Madhouse presents. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. yeah. So I don't. I didn't know if that was like. I don't see that in here at all. And that's on all the covers for this. It says Archie's Madhouse. So no. I don't know. Although. Um, no. Okay. So. So on issues one and two of of Jughead the Hunger, it says Archie's Madhouse. But on issue zero of Jughead the Hunger, it says Archie Horror. Oh. So I don't know. Maybe they're they're starting this imprint, but um, I read issues zero, one, and two of Jughead: The Hunger. Okay. And it's interesting that they they have these like they're making like these standalone or, or like they're taking these characters and spinning them off into their own 
horror books and none of them are really they're not connected and they're they not. don't they don't need to be so you've got you know you've got a zombie book you've got um you know you've got Sabrina as yeah. as the witch yeah. the chilling tales of Sabrina you've got now Vampironica as the the vampire and and you've got Jughead as as a werewolf mm-hmm. so what you come to find out in this is that where uh, the where being a werewolf or the the lichen whatever the G is in his family like uh. that runs in his bloodline <laughs> for for Jughead for Jughead. so so he's like Teen Wolf basically yeah <laughs> okay <laughs> Teen Wolf so but then Betty turns out to be like after they they figure out that Jughead is this is the werewolf who's terrorizing Riverdale um like it's like flipping off a light switch Betty all of a sudden she's like okay I got to take care of this and Archie's like what are you talking about and she now she's like a werewolf hunter uh, now that runs in her family oh and there's this one issue where she can trace her like her lineage back all the way to like the Mayflower and beyond like <laughs> that they came over and they were hunting werewolves oh, and so now Archie and Betty are hunting Jughead, who's a werewolf, <laughs> who who ran away uh, with his dog, um, Hot Dog. Yeah, Hot Dog. So Hot yeah. Dog is still alive and well in yeah. Jughead the Hunger, in case you were, <laughs> for those who are worried. <laughs> he joins a circus, because that's what you do. And, yeah, yeah and then... <laughs> have a wear dog. So it's... Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I don't know that any of these books are built to last... I don't think so. I don't so. think, th- I, I mean, th- you know. The- Actually, I, I was surprised. I don't know how, if uh, Afterlife with Archie's still running, but that that ran for a year or say, more. Yeah, like a dozen issues. Not- well, yeah, well, uh, it, but not not on time. It wasn't like a yeah, monthly. right. So I don't know how many issues came out or if it's still coming out. Right. Um, I, I kind of lost interest in it but because uh, I really thought it would be limited. Mm-hmm. And then it was like, this is never going to end. I mean, once they leave Riverdale, do I really care anymore? Right. You know. So, actually, probably probably one of the one of the best Archie horror books, which um, it was a crossover with Archie and Dark Horse Comics, was Archie meets Predator. I knew you were going to say oh, that. Oh, did nice. you Did you read that? Yeah, I did. <laughs> Wasn't that great? That thing was great because that was a straight up mashup of Archie and and like horror stuff. Like all the tropes were in there. It was perfect. Mm-hmm. That was an older book too, wasn't it? Was it from the nineties? No, that was no. just within newer. the last four or five years. I, I re- oh, because I, I might—I think I reviewed it on the show. Oh, I don't know. like a long time ago. When it, when I don't remember came. anything you say. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> That's okay. Neither do I. <laughs> but uh, no, I mean that was like straight up like Predator was like he ripped out Pop's spine and I mean oh. I mean like there was organs, and guts, and entrails and. And I th- and, and, and a uh, like kind of a, a Danny Glover uh, character showed up. He's like, I'm too old for this. <laughs> <laughs> um, you had like surprise moments and jump moments, mm-hmm. and that you know, and uh, Wayne 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 Wise he, he and I talked about that. He he mentioned something that happened in that book that I don't think had been done before in an Archie comic where you saw blood. Like yeah, and and actually yeah. that you saw blood before any of the the stuff stuff happened. Like there was a fight and Betty got hit, I think, in the mouth and there's blood and 
it is like it's it's almost because that book was drawn in the traditional Archie oh, comic style. Right. It was very cartoony. And wow. to see blood in an in an Archie comic like that, it's a little unsettling. Yeah. So yeah, that was oh my goodness, it was weird. It was <laughs> it's pretty messed up. <laughs> but but it, it was it was it was even even the gore was it was humorous because because like you said, Marcel, it was that was just you didn't see that in an Archie book. Mm-hmm. But to hmm. to see that level of violence and gore and. <laughs> Just crazy, yeah, just unheard of. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I mean the the Archie horror books are are fun. <laughs> they are fun. I I could see if where you're not, if, if you're not like looking for anything too involved. Yeah, I think that's what it is. They're just trying out some things and let you know, hey, let's throw it at the wall, see what sticks. Mm-hmm. That kind of attitude. If they wanted to do a crossover, they'd probably do like a multi world. You know, mm-hmm. um, Nexus kind of thing, like they do in other <laughs> indie yeah. books, get away with that. You know, um, so yeah. they they could, and then they'd be like, "Well, it's basically, yeah, you know, Werewolf Jughead teams up with, you know, Vampire Veronica, mm-hmm. you know, and Zombie Jughead, you know, or what, whoever, yeah. you know, like just put them all together, and they could have like a power team for a series." They're probably saving something. They're, yeah. they're saving something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Moose gathers a team, you know. Uh, <laughs> there you go. I don't know. <laughs> Somebody has to. You find out Mrs. Grundy yeah. is, like, you know, uh, related to Solomon Grundy. and. You know. <laughs> yeah. I think you just pitched one right there. There it is. <laughs> That's it. So, um, well, another, another book that was really fun, I think it came out a couple weeks ago, was um, The Terrifics. Number yeah. one from DC, just spinning out of the metal event. Yeah, which I'm not reading. I'm so, reading it, but it's oh my goodness! I was afraid. It's overwhelming. It, it's overwhelming. Oh yeah, okay, that, that's not what I was expecting you to say. It's well, have I explained? Like it's like a it's like a comic book version of a of a heavy metal concert. Mm-hmm. Like it's just outrageous. Just falls out. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. With like at this point, the universe, uh, they they're trying to get the music of the universe right, like to just correct it. Okay. Like they're like the universe is out of tune. It's playing the wrong song, and it's causing everything to fall into the uh, the underworlds that these other characters came from. And they're like trying to. And I'm like at this point now they're playing like death metal <laughs> music, like. <laughs> You know, and that's what's bringing down. I'm like, what the? Like, is this a concert? What is this? You know, it's just kind of funny because. (laughs) In a world where the music is out of tune. Yeah. Yeah. They play Get Swifty to save it all. That's a Rick and Morty thing. But, uh, yeah, basically Joker Batman's like, show me what you got. You know. Um, No, but anyway, uh, you were saying, like, well, out of I, the chaos. Yeah, and I wasn't sure if if I needed to know anything going into read this, but I figured, well, I'll just take a chance because it looks like it's fun, and I've heard a couple people talk about it, and it was it's really fun. I I, I think I want to keep going with this so far. I mean, at least after the first issue. Cool. It was um, it's basically what well, someone else said this a while ago, but it's like this new line of books that DC's putting out, they're basically 
it's basically kind of mirroring Marvel. So you've got the Terrifics, which is the Fantastic Four. You've got this new character Sideways, oh, who yeah. is he's a like a, a, a young character, so that's kind of like Spider Man. Mm-hmm. You've got um, what's the 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 book with that JRJR is drawing? The Silence Silencer Silencer is the Punisher. Yeah, yeah. Um, you've got Damage, which mm. is essentially the Hulk, etc. Yeah. etc. So that's that's kind of funny. So with this with the Terrifics, you've got uh, Mister Terrific, Plastic Man, Metamorpho, and uh, that girl. Oh, it's it's one of the Legion of Superheroes, and I'm blanking it's on the Phantom name. Girl or Phantom Girl. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So. So the uh, so this are terrific plastic man and metamorpho. They kind of meet up early on in the book, and they get thrown into the dark into the dark multiverse, and where they discover Phantom Girl, which they don't know who she is because she's from the future. Well, they have yeah. no they have no clue who she is. Yeah. You know, and because at first I was like, wait a second, don't these guys know each other? Everyone knows each other, but I'm like, oh no, she's. From Legion of Superheroes. Yeah. She's from like the 31st century, huh. right? I mean, isn't that how far they are? Something like that, yeah. So, um, so yeah, they, they meet her at the very end. There's this really uh, fun sp- scene where they, they find this kind of like this huge decaying corpse, which is essentially like a Galactus. It's this like giant yeah. being, and he's all like, mummified and he's but he looks like he's like in this big Kirby outfit and he's just floating out in space um, I don't know it, it, it was just a lot of fun and it was uh, oh, Jeff Lemire wrote it oh that guy <laughs> and uh, <laughs> he writes everything yeah you know I, I, sometimes I feel like there's a there's two Jeff Lemire uh-huh. I feel like there is <laughs> There's there's like fun superhero writing Jeff Lemire yeah and then there's like depressing yeah introspective Jeff Lemire yeah um this is this is fun superhero Jeff Lemire <laughs> and and he's got a uh, Ivan Rice with him drawing, oh cool yeah and he is really on his game in this book you know what I I, I like, did look at it at the store and you know I'm that. That art almost had me, but it was more of the. I think it's probably some of the best stuff he's done. I, it's it really is nice in a in a while. Um, but yeah, this is and this is a cast of characters that I would, you know, when I first heard about this, I'm like, I don't do I care about any of these characters? Yeah, together. And I, after reading this first issue, I'm like, I kind of do. Oh, okay, and. The there's a there's a last page reveal that was kind of like I I had already had it spoiled for me, but I won't spoil it for anybody else. Okay. But there's this last page reveal that will knock you on your ass <laughs> if you're not expecting it. Huh. So. All right. You should what? read it. I was already looking forward to this, but you super sold me on that. So that's what he does. Like we, we get on this show and talk, and then I'm like, I have to go look for that book now. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You should. <laughs> it's really good. Okay. And like I said, you, you, you really don't have to have any 
prior knowledge of metal or really any uh, prior knowledge of the characters. Because I feel like all these characters, I mean, they've all existed in various, you know, incarnations of different teams. Like, you know, um, Mr. Terrific, he's been on Justice Society. Plastic Man has been, he's been in the Justice League. Yeah. Um, Metamorpho has been both in the Justice League and um, Europe, I think. Yeah, yeah, Justice League Europe. And I think, wasn't he one of the, wasn't he the Outsiders? Like back in the eighties, he might have mm-hmm. been, but like yeah. The, yeah, yeah, he was in the Outsiders. So yeah. yeah, so and and of course you got Phantom Girl who was in the Legion. Mm-hmm. So all these characters have existed in you know in a in a team you know in other teams, and now it's like they're pulling from all these different teams to form a new one, and it's um, <laughs> yeah, it's good, interesting. I will. Uh... I'll have to think about that one again. No, there's no, there's no thinking about it. What? There's just, yeah, there's just going to, you're just going to buy well, it and read it. You were like, it. it's a good version of the Fantastic Four. No. It is. Yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's like, okay, well, well, what, maybe I'll what, check what, that what's out. What's the disconnect? Yeah. <laughs> what, what are you still doing here? Yeah. Oh, excuse me. <laughs> Go yeah. get it. It's going to run, run to my local store. Um, so, oh, before I talk about this book, I want to give, we, we mentioned Wayne Wise. I got to. I got to give him a shout out on the show. Okay. But I was reading Mage last night. Okay. And there's going to love this already. I'm going to tell you right now. You so. know, go ahead. He, yeah. So I flipped to the back and I was like, Oh, letter page. And then I went, I was like, wait, I should see who, Oh my goodness. It's Wayne Wise wrote the letter. What? Yeah. First letter in the letter. First column. letter in the letter column. Nice. I was like, what? I was like, holy crap. And that's, and then like, uh, Matt Wagner kind of gave him some props too. Like mm-hmm. after that too, I was like, all right. Did he really? Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Cause, uh, I, maybe you know better than me, uh, Marcel for the, uh, the project that Wayne was writing. Yeah. He was, uh, he was working on a, essentially, it's like a dissertation and an essay. It was like, it was an academic article okay, on Mage. And, uh, you know, Wayne's the academic, so he could break it down far better for you than I could. Yeah. Break. Yeah. No, he, he, Wayne, cause Wayne, that's, that's one of his go-to books. Oh my Mage. goodness. Yeah. That's... And, and so, yeah, he wrote this paper or this piece on it and, you know, he, he informed Wagner who was very appreciative. Yeah. And then he also wrote this, this fan letter because I know he was really, really excited about the return of this series. Yeah. So, you know, he's, yeah, it, it was it was it was a little so, bit of a thing. So um, so then Matt actually put a link. It's even though it's on the letters page, it's weird because you can't click on it. But there's <laughs> well, actually you can try, but. yeah, there's actually a link back to Wayne's uh, dissertation. Oh, in yeah, it. That's I was great. like, oh, that's so cool. That is really cool. So I didn't get to look that up yet because you know, I I'm looking at like a hard copy. So and you're like, you're a bad friend too. I, yeah, I'm terrible. There's but, that. I was like, yeah, you're a terrible human being. <laughs> <laughs> but uh no, I just thought that was cool. I figured I'd I'd, I'd throw that out there. So um well, go Wayne Wise. Yeah, that was I was like, uh I mean, I honestly I was at first I was like, I wonder if Barry Link wrote a letter, you know, cuz Barry oh, is yeah. The, oh, yeah. like of another... the two, you know, two friends that I have that are like not the two only two, but you know, but like oh my goodness, they're the biggest they're the two like mage fans mage and heads. like Matt Wagner fans, yeah. Mm-hmm. And you you're you're a bit of a fan. I mean, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm, we all like his stuff. Yeah, but. I'm I'm kind of an overall 
Yeah. I'm, I'm a little bit more of a Grendel. Yeah, you're a Grendel guy. Okay. Yeah. But, you know, I'm, I'm not as familiar. I'm, I'm slowly working my way through Mage. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's been good so far, too, by the mm-hmm. way. But, uh, anyway, getting back to, uh, reviews, um, I have the other Jeff Lemire, Jeff Lemire, uh, character, you know, personality, too, mm-hmm. with Gideon Falls. Okay. What a creepy oh, cover. With, uh, was it um, the artist yeah. uh, Andrea Sorrentino? Andrea Sorrentino, oh, which stuff. yeah, I, that that is the main reason I bought this because I love his stuff. Well, they were um, they were a good team on. Uh, remember when they were on Green Arrow? Yeah, of all books, they've been on a number of projects together. Okay, and this was I guess this this project came up like it just reading in the back, um, Jeff was I think given a chance to do this book, you know, with with Image Comics and he's like, This is an excuse for me to work with Andrea again. You know, he's like mm-hmm. so he called him up and he's like, Here's my book idea and of course he was like, I'm in you know, mm-hmm. so I guess they have a really good working relationship. But uh um this this was like some special cover, I don't know. Um but I was like, eh I'll I'll take the fancy cover <laughs> you know at the store. But uh so anyway, um, this book though, um, so it's, it is like Jeff Lemire part two. Yeah. It's the other, it's the creepy one. <laughs> creepy that Jeff likes Lemire. to do the creepy, <laughs> funny, not funny stuff. Um, it's a very, it's a very weird book. And I, I honestly don't know if I even liked it or not. Mm-hmm. Um, but it starts out with this guy who's going around his town and he's finding pieces. He basically picks up, random objects like just shards bent nails stuff like that and he's keeping them and then uh then it cuts away to uh another place like to this farm country um and then i'm like why is there two there's basically two stories happening in two different places <laughs> um and then uh this priest comes into town like he's introduced and he's like um, you know, I'm really sorry for the, you know, we lost, the last priest was, was killed, but the woman that he asks is like, just, she's like, I just can't talk about it because I'm so, I was so close to him. I don't, you know, and it's one of those weird things like, all right, whatever, they're introducing characters. And then, um, we go back to the first dude who's finding the shards and his, basically his psychiatrist is like, why are you still doing that? Like, you're crazy. There's nothing, you know, like <laughs> you're, you look like a crazy man out there picking up pieces. And he's like, he's like, yeah, but I see, you know, they mean something to me and they have power and I don't know why. And I keep having these visions when I find them. And so he's been gathering all these pieces and, um, and it goes back towards, uh, it, it, the, the two stories start to converge in like this kind of, nightmarish way. Okay. And um, finally he, the guy that's picking up these shards sees this, basically this evil barn. Um, (laughs) I can hold it up here, but it's like this big, ooh, yes. He sees it in his vision. Like, for the, and it's actually where the priest is. So, and then the, the kind old woman who didn't want to talk about the priest, she ends up dead. And it's like, that's it? Like, you didn't... Uh, again, it's like a first issue where I was like, 
I'm not really sure what's going you on. You should have given me more than this. You know, mm-hmm. like I need more. And uh, even though it is, it feels like a thicker book. I mean, it might actually be a few more pages. But um, you said that's a that's an image. That yeah, an image? from Image Comics, Gideon Falls, and that's the name of the uh, the town, I guess. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't know if I like it or not. Because the thing with uh, Jeff Lemire's uh, creepy, nightmarish stuff is that it could be a slow burn. It could take six mm-hmm. issues for him to, you know, come out with, like, hey, this is what's going on. Well, that's like I don't know if I really want to go that long. That's like uh, his I, – I, I, I'm very far behind, but his Black Hammer yeah. story from Dark Horse – I, I gave a, up. Is a very – I mean, it was really good. Yeah. And it was a you know very slow burn as well. Right. I I got somewhere into issues like eight, maybe seven or eight, and mm-hmm. I actually haven't read them yet because I just was like, is this is, what is this about? You know, like are are we going to find out anything? Where, um, what's it called? Oh, Black Hammer. Black Hammer. Yeah. You know this one? I I know of it, but I haven't followed it or anything. Yeah. It's like they're stuck in a small town scenario, yeah. and they're not allowed out. But they never all those issues, and they never tell you like what's going on, like any like kind how of they got there or what. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, what? Where are we? You know, when is this gonna? You know, you have to give the audience something, mm-hmm. you know, to keep hanging in there. Right. And I, yeah, there's, I, just, I mean, there's got to be a payoff. Yeah, at some point. Yeah. Um. So this one is, I feel like it might be that way. I hope I'll, I will prob for for sure because I love I love this artist. Um, was it I Vampire? Was the one that they did for the New yeah. Fifty Two? Love I love the art yeah. on that. You part. know, I always meant to. I didn't check that out, and I had such affection for the original I Vampire. Uh, I was curious what they had done. I'm so far behind. That's why I'm, I'm just <laughs> kind of sitting here listening to you both. In awe because <laughs> I'm like, oh my god, I'm so far behind. I'll never get caught well, up I, on comics ever again. Well, that's well it's not like you're drawing comics or anything like that. <laughs> There's well, that, see, yeah. well, that's well. I was going to ask you. <laughs> I was going to ask you, Marcel, if you know, it was going to cut, a, you know, cut at, like once we were finished with Gideon Falls. I you're was like, gonna, cut this, guy, cut, cut Scott out. Yeah. No, I'm just, <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, right. yeah. Some, someone hit the gong. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you were reading anything these days, but it sounds like you're. I mean. I know you're always busy. You know, so I remember. Going on. I remember. So there's, <laughs> there was an interview with John Bogdanov who did he did an introduction for the trade paperback collection of the Superman Madman Hullabaloo. I remember this specifically. Oh, yeah. So I'm oh. reading his intro for this, and he was talking about how at, when around the time that came out, because first that came out from Dark Horse, you know, when Allred was working on Madman, and when they did the collection, they wanted. Bogdanov to do the introduction because he was one of the main artists on Superman at the time. So Bogdanov had no familiarity with with what was going on. He said like the comics he was reading at that time were mostly books that were in like he he would get sent like complimentary books by DC, mostly of DC comics. So he but he said for the most part he wasn't following comics because he was making comics. And so they had to send, you know, send him some of Allred's work, so get him acquainted, and he saw it, and he loved it, and he saw especially the the actual Superman Madman book and loved it. But that was the first time it it had really occurred to me that oh yeah, like if you're making comics professionally, 
you don't have as much time right. to be the a fan like you used to. And I was, you know, there was even then I was already starting to beat myself up about that that I had been getting farther and farther removed from the fandom parts of it. Now I totally get it. Yeah. It's just you don't have the same right. time because mm-hmm. you, you know, like making comics is time intensive yeah, work. Absolutely. Yeah. Um. So and then there are times where you have to break away because you have to kind of get caught up or see what's going on, and you want to you want to stay current. But I get it. Like my my stacks of comics at home are absurd. <laughs> Even on my main, you know, I love me some Superman. I am so far behind in my Superman reading. I'm just looking at those books, and they're looking at me, and they're, "What are you doing, Marcel? What are you doing?" But yeah, but but you know, I I, I just like everybody else. I go to the comic shops and I survey mm-hmm. and just take it all in. Yeah. Well, you know. It's, <laughs> Anybody who's grown up in comics culture, I think, is going to understand some of this. Where, like, when I when when we were younger and you did it, and the world of comics, particularly mainstream, but even comics beyond mainstream. So, back then, your Archie comics and your Richie Rich comics and your whatever, you know, like it wasn't so expansive. I feel like you always kind of knew pretty much everything that was going on for the most part. Now that's long since gone. You know, I walk into a comic shop and I just feel over. Well, like I feel like I feel what lay people feel have <laughs> yeah. felt when they walk into a comic shop. Like, what in the hell is going? Where do I even start? But there's always those certain things like you have to see and know that kind of push their way through whatever else is going on, and you know, so you you can stay not just current, but you find the thing that's really working. Yeah. You know, and that's where I guess the crossover mm-hmm. with multimedia can be really good because it brings certain things to the fore. That's true. Well, you know, I, I find that, you know, I'm, I'm behind on uh, certain things and, you know, so sometimes I'll, uh, it, it's just, you know, even though I technically work for a chain of comic book stores, I am re- very rarely at any of the stores. Mm-hmm. I do a lot of my work from home or mm-hmm. a coffee shop. Sure. So I'm very rarely at any of the stores. So, I'm on Comixology sometimes. Oh yeah, there you buying go. Stuff you know, just here and there. I mean, yes, you know, would, would I like to get my store discount? Sure, but but you know, I I want to be able to read something now, and it just you know deliver it right to my iPad. Yeah, please. Sure. And and you know what? Honestly, and I, I think because I'm at a different you know different place than I was twenty some years ago that. That like storage for me is like I don't want to deal with I don't want to deal with storage anymore. Yeah, I have one short box right now, and it's not even full. It's a short box of just like some key issues. Yeah, like some valuable books. Um, I have very few like current books right now. Well, you you had gone through a big purge with your collection. I remember. Yeah, like we were both of us. I think we were hitting the Steel City con pretty hard. Like right. just trying to sell off a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, you were way more successful at it than I was because <laughs> I still have tons of stuff that I don't know. What, well, I don't even know where to begin. I, I just well, I, I got rid of like pretty much. Well, when I um, uh, got divorced, I you know, and I, I got rid of uh, a, a big like pretty much everything. I just got rid of everything because it was like I was downsizing and it just had to happen. Yeah, you know. So I, I got rid of everything, and I kind of started over once I started working for New Dimension Comics. 
And, you know, like, oh, the yeah. next thing I know, <laughs> you know, a couple of years later, I'm back up to the boxes. You know, I've got short, I've got short boxes and I've got graphic novels on my shelves again. Cause and, it's insidious. Yeah. Comics are just insidious <laughs> that way. Like you think you're, it, it always just sucks you back in like, before you know it. And I just, I mean, when I thought I was out, always, they pulled me back in. Always. <laughs> And hopefully this isn't too morbid, but I mean, whatever this, you know, we were just talking about Vampironica, so whatever. But I, I sometimes look at my comics collection and I think, what, what's going to happen with all that when I die? Right. <laughs> yeah. Like, cause really yeah. anybody, anybody who knows me has comics, either has comics of their own or I don't know if they would really have interest in you know, having these comics is like, what happens with this? Mm-hmm. I mean, I would hope <laughs> that whatever needs to find a home finds a home somewhere and it goes where it needs to go. But I, I do wonder about that sometimes because, yeah. you know, you spend your life accumulating this and the whole nature right. of comics. You know, I often think like if it boiled down to one word, like what is the word that defines comics culture, the whole of it? And I think it's continuity. So as, mm-hmm. as a consumer, you know, you you keep collecting because nobody ever wants to break their continuity. Right. You know, either with characters or with creators or just be that connection to the world of comics. So you just keep collecting and it, they they don't stop coming and there's just more and more and even if a, even if a storyline sucks, you want to keep your numbering. You do. You, you can just yeah. you, you you power you power through it and hope that the next story arc is 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 good. Yeah, that's. That's I think starting out like when I when I was young and I'd read comics, it's and the numbering was always like in the hundreds, mm-hmm. and that was a thing. So it didn't matter who the writer artist team was, like you had you know you stuck with that you stuck that, that title out man and suffered if you had to <laughs> if it was you know, um, but nowadays I think I I pursue more the writer and yes. artist instead of the numbers and mm-hmm. and the and the book itself. Because I'm trying to go with whoever uh, interests me as a creator. Yeah, so yeah, same I, here. Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah, so I think I don't know if that's just uh, we're older or if it's the way things are now because um, the renumberings that happen so often that maybe it just you adapt. I more. think comics culture has I'm going to say changed in that. Like it was maybe the last holdout where again that continuity thing, particularly with numbering held up and now it's i feel like it's more in alignment with other media because you know even television shows you don't have that same kind of continuity like you you follow actors and creators and ideas i i noticed i was able to make a break this is so ridiculous but i i've long since considered the parallel to comics to be uh, soap operas yeah you know and my my family, you know, every family has the soap opera that they watch. So my family's was Days of Our Lives. We watch that all the time. Yep, same here. <laughs> we watch that show too. And if you know, especially, I guess it's still like this now. But back in the day, where you know, I would there'd be periods where I was going to school or whatever, so I wouldn't miss see as many. Yeah. And then, but you would just jump right back in, like you still knew all your main characters. There's Hope, and there's Bo, and there's Patch, <laughs> and there's Kayla, and there's Victor Kiriakis, and there's <laughs> Stefano Demera. Because I, because you knew, like even now, and I haven't watched that show in years. Like there's certain key characters, like there's Marlena, and there's you know, so you just know. But when I finally like broke broke watching that, just like okay, I can't I can't glut up my life an hour a day whatever just watching the show. 
like it can be done and i feel like that's kind of the thing with comics like you know it's like you can break if yeah. you're not enjoying a thing like i, I want i wish <laughs> yeah. comics readers like some of them because you i'm sure you both know we know comics readers who will keep reading a title that it seems like they really dislike right yeah it's like they're they're hate reading the it. hate reading yeah. yeah and like just just stop there's enough yeah, comics out you, you can find something to... you love <laughs> yeah that that was a lesson that that i learned as i as i got older i, I think that's just something you you either learn it or you don't, um, and it, it might depend on, like I said, that your you know your where you are in your life, your, your necessity to continue to collect physically That's true too. those books. Um, like for me, it, it was a necessity. Like there were you know either for uh, cost reasons or space reasons. Sometimes I would just stop buying comics, but I always knew I could go back mm-hmm. and. I mean, and especially now with the with the secondary market, there's you know, I mean, Scott, how many? I mean, like, I'll find stuff at half price books. You oh, guys yeah. find stuff at half, half price, price books all the time. New Dimension Basement mm-hmm. Sale. Yeah, you know, I mean, I mean, and now can, there's like all these regional comic cons are popping yep. up, and I, you can typically find back issues for less than they were originally. Oh yeah, for so sure. So mm-hmm. if you need to get caught up, you can jump right back in. I'm 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 um, really embracing now. Yeah. Uh, but I'm I'm starting to embrace the old Marvel Masterworks. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. like the the big what, what do they used to be called the phone books? Yeah, the the, 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 the yeah, thick the black and print. white. Yeah, the the, the cheap black. Those and white are genius. Yeah. yeah, and um, or I, I subscribe to um, uh, Marvel Unlimited. Yeah, and anytime I want to, you know, take you know, go take a trip in the Wayback Machine and read some old comics, I just I want to say you know, that actually today. And I'm just going to try to pull up this email to see if I can get my brain to. But there was a deal on Amazon that they were um, selling graphic novels like today for a buck. A oh, buck. On, for for Marvel? Yeah. Yeah, I, I, that... I posted that a couple days ago. That, oh, okay. The, the $0.99 cent sale on Comixology. This is um, Amazon's discounting. This is the headline. Amazon's discounting almost 300 Marvel graphic novels to just $1 each. Yeah, well, wow. I mean, well, Amazon owns Comixology, so it's Oh, that's same, right. It's the same yeah, thing. Yeah, you're right. That's right. I yeah, no, about that. I, I, I bought um, the Sergeant Fury and the Howling... Com- no, 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 I'm sorry, not Sergeant Fury. Nick Fury, Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D., Marvel Masterworks Volumes 1, 2, and 3. That's the Stanley, Kirby, mm-hmm. Steranko oh, yeah. run. Um, the Tom King... Uh, Vision, Ugh. complete series oh, wow. for ninety nine cents, and and it and it has all the back matter, oh, all the covers, all the sketches. I mean, nice. it's, oh, it's wow. got everything. It's like four hundred some pages for like yeah. ninety nine cents. Oh wow! I and may have to grab that one. Actually. You should. That's uh, I, I that started was a steal. Yeah, I think I I because of the show. I think we had had it. But mm-hmm. I I never finished reading it. Oh, it's so I think good. in one volume like that, I would yeah, probably. That, that, that's a nice volume to sit down and yeah. read. It's a complete series. And then oh, and 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 the the last thing I got was the I'm drawing a blank on who uh, wrote it, but it was a four issue uh, Captain America series that came out like I want to say it came out like in the nineties. But uh, Kevin McGuire. Yes, I know exactly you know, what you're talking of, about. It's called like the Adventures of uh-huh. Captain America. It was like him in world war two yeah and oh yeah it was kevin mcguire and i think um i, th- I want to say terry austin did the inks on it 
Probably. It's um, been so long, but yeah. I know exactly the miniseries you're talking yeah. about. But that was really good. And that, weirdly, I think McGuire only did like the first three issues, and then there was like a fill-in artist for the fourth issue or something like that. But still, like That's Kevin, awesome. you don't really see Kevin McGuire do a lot of Marvel stuff, right? right? right. So. You know, I, I was a big fan of Maguire's from his Justice League days. So when that came out, like, it's a I, must. I think <laughs> it sounds funny to say this now, but like when it first came out, it was one of those prestige format books, so they were more expensive. Mm. So I didn't buy it when it first came out. They were right. like they were probably like four bucks a piece yeah. for four ninety five. Nowadays, a single issue is, is, yep. is three or four ninety five. Yeah. yeah. So that just shows you where we're at now, but. I remember like being disappointed. I'm like, oh, I can't afford that. That's like, mm. you know, one issue of that is like four regular issues of something else because yeah. everything was a dollar a piece at the time. But now it's, yeah. So yeah, for ninety nine cents, I picked that up, and that was a that, that scrolling through that was like, a, you know, being a kid in a candy shop. There were so many good buys on that thing. Oh boy. It's, it's I know so what I'm worth doing it. when I get yeah, home tonight. when I get home, I click. Because you, <laughs> you, you just start hitting, you're like, 99 cents. I can't pass it up. It's only a buck. I got, I mean, those five <laughs> volumes of comics, for my total is $5.25. Oh, my goodness. You, you can't get a deal like, like that and we anywhere thought, else. We thought Ollie's was a good deal. Ollie's has all these uh, graphic oh, novels oh, the, for sale uh, now. The, oh, yes. Yeah, so oh, my DC comics blow out. Yeah. Like $4.00. Graphic novels, yeah, they're the DC showcases for like two ninety nine or three ninety nine. Don't tell me, uh, right? I know because, well, of course, Dan started. He starts all of this, but um, <laughs> that's right. But like, he's like, oh, Ollie's, everybody check yeah. this out, and then I'm like, I'm blowing up everyone's phones. I was like, I gotta go. <laughs> I'm like, you guys gotta because you know, I, I, oh, comics. like, I feel like, yeah. you know, so okay, so, add to the stack. I know. You know, Did things that, that I haven't all... been able to read yet. Oh, oh, I, I haven't. I, I put <laughs> all those. exactly the, what happens. I put all those in the shelf. I haven't touched them once. Right. Yeah. Oh, actually, I, I take You read back. one of them, and then you're like. I bought uh, I bought a random Teen Titans volume. Oh. And that is that is really out Teen, there. Oh, my gosh. It's like from the, like, like the, the 60s or 70s or whatever. Uh, oh, wow. It's crazy. <laughs> Comics have been insane. You know, sometimes you pick up a book, and you just realize how crazy comics like what they are at their most insane like, they you know things that have been committed to paper where the creators <laughs> should have been committed because like what is this thing but it, i think that's it's it's fantastic you know i i i grew up <clears throat> just it i think it just makes me accept so much across the board now you know mm. like as far as like whimsy or silliness or whatever because it's all all the same and you know i feel like i always saw that in all of them or were you a DC kid or you a Marvel kid? Well, it, in my experience, <clears throat> your which kind of kid you were was for the most part defined by who your favorite character was. Wow. Like if your favorite character was, it was. I don't know if I can think of a person whose favorite character was, for instance, a Marvel character, but they were a DC kid or oh, vice yeah. versa. Yeah. So usually, Very whoever true. your favorite character was, that determined where you're at. I was a DC kid because Superman was that character to me. Mm-hmm. And Superman obviously had some crazy stories over the years, but I, I always felt like, well, Marvel's just as crazy for all of the. Well, Marvel's like the real world. No, right. it's not. No, they're <laughs> yeah, they're both crazy. Yeah, you know, but, yeah. since their inception, it's just like there's. I think there's more of an illusion 
with that with Marvel. Yeah. Because Marvel, really, they're the ones that introduced the concept of tumult <laughs> into, like, the lie, the day-to-day life. Tumult and continuity. Those were the two mm-hmm. things that they gave us. And, you know, so it seems like that's more realistic. But, you know, then you've got, like, Galactus comes down. That's not yeah. realistic. <laughs> that changes everything. <laughs> Sorry, I was told. I guess that was a transgression, digression there. I, I don't okay. know what. To... No, yeah. <laughs> so that's how uh, we roll here. We don't care, <laughs> you know. But this thing, yeah. of the idea of like space and 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 what the role that that plays with your, co- you know. So when I was, I started, I started reading comics, collecting. I got into comics when I was about five, six. My dad introduced them to me, and then. Looking back, like I always thought there were these gaps in my collection, like gaps in collecting that seemed really long at the time. But when I've gone back and looked at something just like cover browser or whatever, mm-hmm. and I realized, oh, those gaps were really not that long. I might have just missed a month or two of a title. Uh-huh. It really wasn't, you know, it didn't seem, it wasn't ultimately as long as it seemed at the time. But when you're a kid, time is different. It's more yeah, elastic. Right. So, but what would happen is we would move. My family moved around the city a lot. And I just lost a lot of comics because of like damage and things like that. Mm-hmm. And because I think about like if I had all those comics that I had had just from when I was a kid, and I was sort of fastidious. Like I, for a, for the time and not having any culture around me to like suggest, you know, putting books in bags or anything. But I was still pretty good about maintaining my books and i didn't really share them share them so i didn't have to worry about people destroying my books that would have made me upset like i'm still mad at the one kid who i lived down the street from when i was like five who played with my gi joe and lost a boot oh yeah i would beat him up now that makes that was no good you know a soldier without a boot that's no good but (laughs) all these old traumas but (laughs) but like i i lost comics over time and i think if i had all that like how many would I have? Like, if you had all the comics that you had mm-hmm. over time, because what other imagine. hobby or habit or what other, uh, maybe people who read books, like people who read books, a lot of them who keep books, they might have like or, bookshelves or like uh, record collections. Yeah. Like, yeah, oh, there, yeah. There, there's not a lot of like uh, hobbies that there's something new that comes out over and over and yeah. over. You know I mean? Yeah, I mean, it, it's always something having to do in media. It's books, it's music, it's movies. Mm-hmm. Pop figures. <laughs> Pop figures. Pop figures. That's a whole other That's thing. right. Star Wars toys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But but even toys are finite. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, you can collect toys, but, but all you do is it, it, you, you finish one, you know, one set and you move on to another or like another like you, you, you move from Star Wars to GI Joe to Masters yeah. of the Universe to right. Thundercats to whatever, but you right. know, everything is finite except for comics. Comics, comics are the, comics are infinite. And and you know everybody likes to complain about how you know with the reboots and yeah I agree that they're too they're too frequent currently. There's too many reboots. Oh sure. But the companies need to do that to keep their product fresh. Mm-hmm. I mean they have to. And I think that the movie audience hasn't caught up to that notion yet because eventually, you know... You're going to get a Marvel Universe, Cinematic Universe the, reboot. Oh, yeah, yeah, and the Chris's aren't all going to be there to do to be these characters. <laughs> you shut right. your mouth. <laughs> you shut your mouth. They're, they're going to live forever. Yeah. Robert Downey Jr. is going to be yeah. Iron Man until he's old See, and gray. 
Right. And I actually I'm I'm putting it out there now, but I think with this Infinity movie that this is going to be their way to reboot well, it's certainly, actors. Yeah, it's it's certainly a, a way to you know that this is their it's chance the same if they're going to do I, it. And personally, I'm okay with all of that because like uh, Spider Man, hey, new new writer artist team, mm-hmm. and it's like, well then, sure. you know, mo- new Spider Man movie, new cast and crew, you know, it's right, like sure. new actors, whatever. And it's like, okay, you know, well, just mm-hmm. give us a good story. You know, that's, I guess, what we really want at when, the end of it. So In 86, when they rebooted the Superman titles, the whole John Byrne thing, and, of course, this is before the Internet, so you didn't have, like, the scoop scoop. But when I first got wind of that, I was I, – I can't even – I can't – it's hard to put into words what my <laughs> internal reaction to that was because I was 15, turning 16 <laughs> later that year – and like the so the Superman I grew up with was the only Superman in comics yeah. that I knew, and even then, you know, like they had multi multiverse stories, and there was of course the Superman movie. So and the movies, animated shows, uh, the the George Reeves show. So the idea that you could have different Superman and different iterations of a character that was there, but that book was like the thing that's yeah. canon, and that bothered me. Like so, I remember writing Dick Giordano. <laughs> the editor, executive editor, I believe, at DC Comics. And apparently what I wrote, I, I, it was, he wrote me back. Oh, nice. Wow. Yeah, he wrote me like, he, first it's like the beginning of the letter was a form letter, but at the bottom of the letter was a handwritten note oh. from him. And he just kind of broke it down. He's like, Marcel, I appreciate you're a fan, et cetera, et cetera. But you, he said, you would be surprised how low the sales are for a character as well-known as Superman. He says, and it really kind of comes down to us making a decision of either we we do something to rejuvenate interest in this character or there's no publication with this character at all. Yeah. And you know, even at 15 I I had to understand what yeah. that was. Now being, you know, two or three years older than 15, I <laughs> I've seen enough to understand that Ultimately, they didn't really change Superman that much. And no. Superman's the kind of character yeah, really. that over time always kind of goes back to form. Like, give mm-hmm. it enough time, whatever is taken away will come back. You know, you can change his hairstyle. You can change the color of his costume. You can take away the shorts. Eventually, it's coming back. <laughs> Just wait it out. Like, mm-hmm. Superman, you can wait it all out. And But he didn't really change that much. So, as much as you can reboot these worlds and these these things... They they go back to form, you know. They go back right. to what they inherently are. But you do have to be, I think, as a creator, you have to be mindful. If you're blessed enough to have a, a, a whatever a franchise or whatever that is continually out there, you you have to be mindful of the audience because an audience that was reading comics in 1966 is not the same audience that was reading comics in 1986. Not the same audience that was reading comics in 20, mm-hmm. 20, yeah. 2006. And not the same audience that's reading comics in 2018. So you can't just keep producing the exact same thing. Yeah. So that's a lot to to have to be mindful of. But mm-hmm. it can be done. I mean, we see it all the time. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I think as long as they always have a respect for the material, then there's, you know, then they can start over. One of the, you know, I mean, yeah, if you stick around long enough, you see everything again, you know. Um, and like the new Infinity like Marvel's like, oh, the Infinity Stones are out there and Thanos wants them. And I'm like, 
is Ron Lim drawing, drawing that? You know, like, because I was, yeah. I remember reading this already, mm-hmm. you know, as a kid. And it's like, oh, well, I'm not a kid, and there's a lot of kids that are reading this, so you know, let and, them read it and enjoy it, you know. Yeah. And, it goes and full go circle. You, you, yeah. You're talking about, like, with the Archie books, mm-hmm. you know. And if you look at the original, original Archie comics, like when, <laughs> like right when the character debuted, right in, and then compare it to Archie twenty years later, com- very different. You know, it took a little yeah. while to hone the formula. Then when they got the formula, the formula stayed pretty much untouched. Yeah. Although it, it always stayed. Like there, there were elements. Like it might have been clothes, it might have been language, but that were contemporary. So it's like at once they were able to keep things static, but contemporary, which is weird so but at this point what do you do what do you do to keep a franchise like that alive because amidst all the other media and all these other things to me like the most all these things that they've been producing from archie comics and and i'll i'll lump riverdale in with that you you have to stay you have to stay contemporary in order to stay relevant Mm -hmm. but you also have to have a keen sense of well, what makes this thing distinct and unique at the right. core? If you because if you forget that, then just I, my thing is always then just do something new. Yeah, just put a new title on it, you know. But it, mm-hmm. but yeah, I think Archie and all their properties have been successful in keeping the spirit of the characters, and you know, no matter what kind of scenario they've put them into so far, right? They seem they are still like, oh, those are the characters. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, sometimes. Like, uh, there's a lot of movie adaptation. You know, a movie will come out, and it's like, why did they even name it that? You know, like, why sure. is it? And then, like, they could have just named it something else, but because they totally missed the, the boat. So, yeah. But. All right. Well, um, I guess we're, we're kind of coming to the end. I did want to talk about one more one more book. It's like I can get one more sale out of you guys. One more. Well, I don't, I don't know how much I'm going to sell this. No, one. okay. Go ahead. Um, and I don't know if you're still reading The Walking Dead, Scott. I am. Oh yeah, I, I'm in it till the you're, very you're, bitter end. You're in it. To this win is it. the one. That's the one book that I am going to read. I don't care if it gets <laughs> absolutely terrible, which I don't think it is terrible. It, it, but go. But I know what you, I already know what you're going to go ahead. I'm do it. You know. Okay. I'm just going to say. So I read the, the newest issue, 177. I was bored. <laughs> it's yeah. There, they found another civilization. Although, granted, this one is a lot bigger. Like what? Like they, it's like a fifty thousand people. Like they have a legitimate yeah city with a government and like a police force or a militia or whatever. Yeah, they have like concerts and sports and bakeries and restaurants right. and whatever. Um, but there's already you know, but at, true to form. They they find this seemingly idyllic setting, and like there's like dark stuff behind the scenes. Something, yeah. Like what's well, because I mean, as a reader, you're like, well, what's the actual conflict here? Right. And like, how is this going to affect Rick Grimes? Which is which he's why not, you read which, the book, but which he's not even there. Like, he hasn't like, been in it for. I mean, he's almost ten issues. He's back in, at yeah. their six city or their town of. Is it Alexandria? Like, I Alexandria. Think. Yeah. And there's and Maggie still runs the hilltop. Yep. But they sent a delegation to this new town. I forget what it's called. This new city. <sighs> um, yeah, I forget offhand. But it's e- Eugene just, had. Eugene it, is the one that had made contact. It's Eugene and Michonne. Yeah. And 
a lot of other characters that I have no idea who they are. Right. Um, they're because I don't I don't read it regularly anymore. Um. But yeah. it's so you know it's everything looks great on the surface, but some of the guys who are who comprise the the police force or the security force or whatever are dissatisfied with the with whoever's in charge right. and they're talking about taking it down from like the inside overthrowing and, yeah so it's like oh boy here we go again yeah so and and that's what it's going to be because I was trying to figure out like they've they've already introduced you know because of um, the governor was you know, the infamous governor, the the evil the, one, the evil governor, and they knew they had to take him out, you mm-hmm. know. And then Negan and the saviors were like basically bullies, and mm-hmm. like everybody has to survive the way we say. And yeah. Rick wasn't having that, and now they're in this new world, you know, this new world order. I think they're calling it, mm-hmm. where there's seemingly nothing wrong. So why would Rick, you know, want to get involved? But then we're seeing the hint of that there may actually be some sort of internal conflict. Right. So his conflict isn't going to be with the way it's run, but his conflict is ultimately going to be against the people that want to overthrow that. Right. I think. And how? Do, and but you know. But it's so early. It's too. It's well, too early to really. Well, yeah. No, well, yeah. That that's true. It's only in like the second issue or something of this new or second or third issue of this story arc. Mm-hmm. But every. Every new situation they find themselves in, where it's like, oh, your your world just got a little bigger. Mm-hmm. It, it is getting bigger now. They're they're at a they're at a city with fifty thousand people. Yeah. What's next? Like they, there, there's got to be That's... an end game for this book because because civilization is starting to come back. And I know, and that's what I I have always said though is that's the Kirkman plan is. Um, reboot the whole book is really them trying to reboot society mm-hmm. and a lot of people have theorized that maybe he's trying to um go through history and mm. pick pick moments in history of you know civilization growing back okay you know like growing out mm-hmm. and um that's that's a theory i mean but i think um that i think that's always been his goal was to grow it like back to something back to a normal world maybe mm-hmm. but like nobody has a cure you know they're still in this uh basically like in this fishbowl environment where they go from you know puddle to puddle to pond right you know and now they're they've basically come to this lake where they can live you know this lake sized town of uh yeah you know so so yeah uh, eventually i think they're going to have to cross the seas They've already hinted because they have a harbor. At, oh, uh, okay. You know what I mean? Like with um, Michonne had was part of the the fishing crew or something like that, and she was gone. Mm-hmm. And um, so they actually do have the means to travel across the seas. I think at some point, if if he goes this long, I mean, who who knows how long he's going to take this book? Because what is it? One hundred and seventy. One hundred seventy-seven issues. Yeah. If he does like That's the crazy. Yeah, or know, does right? the infamous, uh, you know, three hundred issues? Three hundred issues. Yeah, like Sam and Cerebus. Cerber- exactly. If he goes that long, then potentially he could be at that point where they're actually going to other continents, you know, and maybe ultimately trying to find a cure. 
um, for or something, or mm. it's going to end all horribly again. You know, like mm. because it's still yeah I just, at its core originally was a horror book, but now it's a it was apocalyptic book, and now it's a post apocalyptic book. Mm-hmm. So yeah, uh, I, I just. I just don't know what this book is anymore. I mean, I mean, I know I just listened to you say yeah. what it is, but to, to me, I. But you're asking me, why are why am I reading this, right? Is that why, what you're? Why is anybody you're reading? Why are they still putting this out? I, mean, what, I don't know. You know, and I think about that for the you know for the television show because after Negan, really, where does the comic book even go? Like it mm-hmm. doesn't. Like you know, I'll try hard not to spoil it, but basically. It becomes this very long story mm-hmm. of, and all the events are very slowly developed, and the the rising conflicts and stuff like that, and the resolutions. I mean, it's been, I don't know, it's been like uh, two years, three years since, in in real life. I mean, so you mean since uh, since Negan's reign, since since the all out war. Yeah. Are you talking about you're talking about in the comics? But in real, but in real life, I mean, we've been we've been with this, you know, since Negan. It's been what two or three years. Well, okay, so since that story, the the, the time jump where they it was after the all out war, war was like issue one twenty five or one twenty six. Mm-hmm. So that that's, that's been almost fifty issues. So fifty issues. Okay, so that's translate that out. That's four years of reading the comic book. Yeah, where it's like it. They don't seem they've they've gone so far in fifty issues as they did in the previous fifty issues. Sure. Mm-hmm. I guess is what I'm saying. Right. So I, I like if they're gonna try to translate that from television into television, which who knows long how long the show will go, but we're talking about basically taking what they've done seven years and they're gonna do is it going to be another seven years of I don't, just? I, I, I think you know. It, oh my goodness! If the show is going to survive, <laughs> it's, they might have to do a similar thing. They might have to do a time jump and, and knock some characters off. Really, yeah. like actors that don't want to mm-hmm. do it anymore. Contracts, yeah. You know, realistic, you know, realistic things that happen in Hollywood. <laughs> but uh, the was, guy that plays uh, who's it? Andrew Lincoln. Yeah, that plays. Uh, Rick Grimes, I think he's. I honestly think he's a little tired of it. I, I because mean, when they do the why, cast interviews, yeah, why wouldn't you be? I mean, it's just funny. I caught him like because I'll watch like the Talking Dead, mm-hmm. but like when he, when they do the cast interviews, he calls he calls him Ricky. <laughs> he's like, oh, you know, and talking about his character right, Rick. Sure. He's like, oh yeah, Ricky. Uh, you know, Ricky doesn't like that, and you know, and he, and I'm like, is. You know, is he just so... so he's just kind of, like, taking the piss out of it, just, like... Yeah, he's just like, oh, man. Just not, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it's such a it's such an intense show, and, and what the characters go through yeah. is equally intense, and it's like... I, that's what I always enjoy about about the show, is that I always, I always like the... Um, when they become character pieces for each... For an episode. Mm-hmm. That's where I think the show really shines. That overall arc, you know, of of, the, of them ever finding a cure, or mm-hmm. you know, like the way a movie would end, sure, you know, some sort of resolution. I don't know if that's really what he's even set out to do, if yeah. that's his goal or not, I, or if it's just the Chronicles of Rick Grimes. You know, it could be that. It could be that's but, what he wants. I mean, it, but it, is he even the main character anymore? 
I mean, he's not really. He's not, but I think that this conf, this this coming conflict, you know, it'll be. Mm-hmm. Um, he he will get involved. I think he's going to do one of those. I'm shaving the beard. <laughs> I'm putting on my, you know, my uniform again. I'm you know, on, my I'm putting on my my my, my war claw. <laughs> His war claw, yeah, because he doesn't have a hand. Um, or you know, just putting on his officer. You know, he's back to oh, being a yeah. You know, like rebooting the character. Then, like, hey, he's even mm-hmm. though he had all these, you know, he's got the the bad leg. He's got no hand. Um, but here he is. He's shaved and he put on a new uniform and mm-hmm. he's back. You know, like, I mean, I could see it happen because yeah. it's comics. Sure, sure, it's comics. So I just go I- ahead. I, I think so. I, I think the last thing I'll, I'll just say about Walking Dead is I, I just feel like, and actually I felt this way for a while. I think he's just written himself. I don't, I, I don't know if writing, if you know, saying he's written himself into a corner is the right mm-hmm. analogy, but I, I feel like this story is like it's it's beyond him now. Like it's like he doesn't have it's, complete control over it, or yeah. he doesn't. He just doesn't know where to steer the ship. Yeah. That's possible. Plus, in that format, like in writing a comic, and and now he's writing this expansive story, and he's trying to capture that in twenty two pages every month. Mm-hmm. It does that presents a whole new challenge than what he was doing before, where sure. it's just the characters surviving, and yeah. it's easy to just zero in. Right. And there's so many. There's more moving parts now. Yeah, for sure. And I don't know how. But hey, maybe he never it, expected it to still be around at this point, you know? <laughs> right. Like, what do you yeah. do if you do something and it actually is successful and self-sustaining <laughs> and finds an audience and you just keep going? Maybe that's the experiment. Like, how far can I take this? Yeah, thing? maybe that's maybe that is mm-hmm. his thought process Ooh. at this point. Mm-hmm. He's like, yeah. He's yeah. like, oh, here's some material for the writers of the show. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Let's keep it rolling. <laughs> so. All right. Well, um, Scott, did you have anything else to uh, to talk about? Uh, no, no. <laughs> well, I know we're over. We're, we've gone over. Yeah, so. oh, okay, that's. I just want to check if there was anything pressing. Not, no, no. I, I'm good. okay. I'm good. All right, cool. Well, um, Marcel, thanks again for joining us for some comic talk. Sure. Really enjoyed having you on. Thank you for and inviting me. We'll probably have you on. Five minutes from now. I, I, I think <laughs> I can hang around. Now, yeah. <laughs> so, okay. Well, um, as always, uh, you can find us on iTunes and Stitcher. And um, you can find us at comicbookpit.com. You can also find us at and a bunch of other awesome shows at sorgatronmedia.com. And thanks to them for hosting us in their bitchin' studio. And we're also on the social medias. We're on uh, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You just find us. Just search for Comic Book Pit, and that's uh, Pit with two T's. Don't forget that. <laughs> and uh, and you can also, if you, uh, it, it feels so antiquated to give out an email address these days. Yeah. But I guess we still have an email address. You know, like an old man. Uh, <laughs> comicbookpit at gmail dot com. And. Uh, And that's it. So this has been episode 269. I'm Dan. And I'm Scott. And I'm Marcel. All right. And we'll see you next time.